Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, I'm Robert. And we're the Film Flamers. It's uh, November. This is the middle of November, and it's well into the holiday shopping season. Black Friday is just around the corner. If you hadn't started your Christmas present buying, you need to get started right now. And what better way to celebrate this time of year when consumerism is king than by going over our top 10 cursed objects. And hopefully you don't buy a cursed object for your loved ones. Unless they're a huge horror fan. It's the perfect thing to buy for them. That's true. Right. So uh, for this list, we decided to talk about things that are either uh, cursed by some unseen force, possibly possessed by a person or demon. And uh, they, they either act on their own or they you know, push the story forward in their own way, just being the cursed object that they are. That's true. So uh, who went first last time, Chris? I think you did, because I went first the first time, you went the second time, now it's my turn? I think so, too. So why don't you start with your number 10? Let me pull it up. <laughs> <laughs> my number 10 is everything in the basement and cabin in the woods. I'm kind of cheating a little bit here. Um, I know, like, they ended up picking up the, the diary, uh, you know, with uh, the husband bulge. Oh, my God, you stole my line. <laughs> 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 and what a line to steal. But uh, yeah, uh, that's uh, everything in the it's, it, everything in there is basically, um, you know, an homage to another horror movie mm-hmm. uh, for every other cursed object and every other horror movie or a symbol of something else in a horror movie. You know, you've got uh, the Hellraiser uh, puzzle box in there. You've got like lockets and mannequins and every, everything you can think of dolls. I mean, a conch shell, <laughs> a conch <Yeah>. shell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, everything's in there and, uh, it had to be on my list just because of that. Now I would call you out and saying that like, that's not really like pinpointing an object. Right. But I think that half the things that we're going to talk about on our list moving forward is probably in that basement somewhere. Mm -hmm. If you could take the time to like freeze frame an image, you could probably pick out just about everything that we're going to be talking about moving forward. So I'm going to, I'm going to give it to you. Okay. Okay. Uh, my number 10 is, um, it's a tire. It's the tire from the movie rubber. I've never seen that. Uh, my father watched this movie randomly at like four o'clock in the morning one day when he was getting ready for work it was several years ago. I think this came out in like 2015, something like that. And he, he called me that day and he was like, have you seen this movie about this tire that kills people? And I was just like, <laughs> what? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. So I had to go like find it. And I watched it like shortly after that. And literally, this is just a tire that discovers that it's like sentient and can operate on its own. And then it discovers that it has has the ability to make things explode mm-hmm. and i mean it just rolls around blowing shit up and um i mean i had to put it on the list because it's so fucking ridiculous the movie itself is very avant-garde and and silly but uh i mean seeing a tire making a bunny explode is <laughs> is well worth it i'm ordering pizza <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was like, well, either he's not paying attention to me or... I'm sorry. <laughs> I forgot. That's okay. It's good. Uh, it's good bloopers. What are you ordering? That's the same thing we got last two times. Okay, good. Uh, items in this order are no longer available. Oh, I don't think they have that cheesy crust pizza anymore. I don't know why I'm talking directly in the microphone when I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> if you're lucky, later we'll chew our pizza into I'm going to chew to you later. <laughs> I'm just going to stop this. And we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I need my phone still.
<laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> My number nine is VHS tape from The Ring. <laughs> yep, it is the uh, the VHS tape that, uh, of course, you see Samara on, and she crawls through the TV and kills you. Um, but it's just, like, so iconic at this point. Like, from Ringu to The Ring to The Ring 2. I mean, it's, it's like, it's in pop culture now. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I mean, I didn't, I, this is not on my list. But, I mean, now that you said that, I think that that's a good object because not only is the, the tape itself cursed, right? But it passes the curse on to the person who watches it. So the person itself becomes a cursed object. And you can also make a copy of it. Right. Right. Although I think that's how you're supposed to like get rid of the curse is to like make a copy so that even more people get cursed. Right. That's true. And unless she makes the jump to uh, DVD or Blu-ray, I think she's done. Oh wait, you can't copy those? Nope. Well, oh. I mean, not most people. I mean, pirates are. <laughs> well, I mean, no one has a VHS player anymore. At least well, most people don't. I don't think. God, I need one. I still have VHS tapes. Me too. Just not cursed ones. Yeah. Well, they may be cursed. What's your number nine? My number nine is uh, the laundry folding machine from the movie The Mangler. I haven't seen that one either. Okay, this is based on a Stephen King short story about a possessed laundry folding machine that kills people. Laundry folding machine. That's right. So it's like in a factory where they they do laundry and you stick the sheet in there and it folds it up all nice and neat, right? The thing is, is that this machine sort of, I mean, I don't know what, I can't remember what it's cursed by, either a person or a demon or something. And um, it like ends up folding people as well. (laughs) (laughs) and they have to bring people in to make it not cursed anymore is that funny like in the movie well i mean like in true stephen king fashion he's just gonna pick an inanimate object and be like oh it's an evil laundry folding machine or something right so i mean he does what he does and we all end up liking it Mm. my number eight is the 1958 plymouth fury from christine so with another stephen king yeah that's true and uh yeah so i mean it, it, it follows you it kills you it runs you over it changes your oil. <laughs> you can't escape, Christine. It drives itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that movie a lot, actually. It's uh, it's John Carpenter, right? He he made that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good that's a good classic '80s choice. Yeah, it had to be on the list. It's too iconic. Uh, you know, I debated back and forth. I think I, I mean, I told you that I was still working on my list when we were planning to record this and I was like, I may stick something in there and take something off. And that was the one I was going to stick in. Your list so far seems kind of abstract, not the obvious choices. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm going for like, like an, like an object, like a, well, I mean, I can't even say that cause it's going to change later on. So I'm just going to shut the fuck up and keep going. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my number eight is The Dybbuk Box from the movie The Possession. Never seen it either. Oh, my God. I have got to get you in front of a fucking television. <laughs> <laughs> so The Possession is this movie. It was made about I mean, maybe four or five years ago about a girl whose parents are divorced, and she's spending the weekend with her father, whom she normally doesn't spend that much time with, and they go to this garage sale, and she becomes enamored of this large box. And the box itself is possessed by the Dybbuk, which is sort of a, a Jewish demon. So is this like a, a cardboard box or are we talking no, it's like, like an ornate wooden box? Okay. And, it's not and you would think it'd be like small, like a little, <laughs> well, it makes the burp sound when you open it. <laughs> well, we should write that movie though. Oh my God. It's the cursed Tupperware. When you open it, it makes a brown note. I don't know. <laughs> 
I don't know why my food gets spoiled when I put this in this container. <laughs> it's a demon. At any yeah. rate, for people who like watching small girls get possessed by inanimate objects, I mean, like, the position's a good way to go. And also, it's a really good, like, journey into, like, Jewish mysticism that we just don't get to see very often in film. My number seven is the television from Poltergeist. And I wouldn't normally consider this an object, but I mean, the whole movie is bookended by this television or not this television, but basically any television. Uh, I mean, Carol Ann, the whole like poltergeist haunting kind of like starts with Carol Ann, like uh, putting her hands up to the TV Mm -hmm. uh, at the beginning in the living room and then later in the bedroom. And that's how the whole thing starts. She basically opens the gateway and they kind of go through um, whether she meant to or not or had any part in it. And then later at the very end, as the credits are rolling, they're they're going to their house has been swallowed by you know everything going itself, on itself yeah. literally. And he pushes the the dad pushes out the TV from the door out out of the hotel like they literally pushes the hotel TV out the door and they just close the door again. And so it's bookended by this concept of that that's how you get him in is the that's how you get haunted that's how you let the poltergeist in is this uh, TV. And see, I thought about putting this on my list and I thought, well, is that TV actually cursed or possessed? And I decided that it wasn't. I thought that it was just a conduit to which she could speak to her family from the other side. I That's fair. I didn't quite quite think that that well, TV true. itself was doing anything. Because it goes that. both ways, right? Like you can, they come from the TV, but they're also communicating to their daughter. And so it's almost like a two-way circuit in that, yeah. in that sense. And so it really has that presence in the entire movie. And it's true because the hand comes out of the TV, that sort of like ghostly whisper hand that comes out when mm-hmm. she first touches it. So The I mean, whole yeah. tendril of of all the ghosts actually go into the wall behind them. Oh, yeah. And during an earthquake, you know, it causes an earthquake and everything. So it's all happening out of the TV. Avoid the idiot box, everybody. Except for you. Watch more horror movies on the TV. <laughs> uh, my number seven was uh, Trucks or Machines. From the movie Maximum Overdrive. Never seen it. Jesus Christ. It's Stephen <laughs> King again. So, I mean, just like we talked about, he can he can pick an inanimate object and make it evil. And in this movie, the, a comet has circled the Earth and uh, machines start to act on their own. It could be anything from toasters to lawnmowers to radios or hair dryers. But the biggest villain in this movie are these big rig trucks that sort of circle these survivors and they're constantly moving around the truck the truck stop that they're at for they, they just can't escape. Do you think that the same demonic mechanic was like the one that created Christine? Or <laughs> Possibly. I mean, I'm sure that he has some sort of ultimate plan for all his work. But I like this movie because it has a Emilio Estevez in it, like giving his best, like gruff performance. And uh, the girl who does the voice of Lisa in The Simpsons is in it too. What? You see her face, Yardley Smith, right? And she's got that same Lisa voice and she's like, Kurt, Kurt, the whole time. And meanwhile, I mean, like guns are shooting themselves and trucks are driving around and it's just a big, fucking hilarious, fun mess. <laughs> My number six is The Mirror from Oculus. I love this movie and I'm probably like the only person on earth that does. I know it's well respected and a lot of people really liked it, but just like no one's excited about it. Like I am for some reason. I love the idea of this mirror that you just like that, like just psychologically just takes you over. It can make you stand still and like, and basically be catatonic, but thinking that you're still doing things and, and it makes you do things and it makes you think you're doing things you're not doing. I mean, it has such power. Um, and, 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 you, you it literally just 
cannot be harmed because it just prevents you from harming it. It'll trick you into harming yourself before you can harm it. And it just absorbs these souls from everyone it ends up killing. And to me, it's like one of the most effective cursed objects and movie monsters in, in a way um, in, in almost any contemporary horror film. I mean, I, I've seen this movie. I, I like it very much. I, I'm not sure I like it as much as you do, um, but I thought that it was well made and very well acted. Um, I always like it when I can pick out somebody from Battlestar Galactica. You know what I mean? And so, and she Starbuck. was buck, buck, she buck. was scary in that movie. Yep. And I like the idea of like a, a, a familial horror aspect to that film. And mm-hmm. I mean, the movie was was great. The mirror is a, a good cursed object. So good choice. Mm-hmm. What's your number six? My number six is um, the lamp from Amityville Horror Four: The Evil Escapes. Haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to forgive you this one, really, because I don't think a lot of people have seen this I movie. I usually don't watch part fours. Uh, by, well, I can't say that by and large they're bad because I, I enjoy Halloween 4. <clears throat> but uh, this movie was a made-for-TV movie that came out in like 1988, and it stars Patty Duke. <laughs> So, wow. yeah. Um, and there's some continuity issues because I think we all remember from Amityville 3 when the house is destroyed completely and yet it's still standing in Amityville 4. And there's a yard sale and there's a possessed lamp that came from the house and that lamp has traveled to California and starts afresh. Like, And this lamp also does things with machines and electronics that we've seen in Maximum Overdrive uh, where – once it's plugged into the wall, it can affect what like, is the your toaster deal with? You're just picking your list out of this junkyard. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, if I were going shopping, I would go to Horace Junkyard and I'd be like, I'll take that toaster right there and it would kill me. <laughs> That's not a brave little toaster. <laughs> this movie is pure camp. I mean, like, every line is delivered in this, like, tongue-in-cheek way. And I can only imagine that they thought they were making some sort of masterpiece, right? <laughs> it's fun to watch. It makes zero sense whatsoever. And it's the fucking ugliest lamp in the history of time. I'll show you as soon as we're done recording what it looks like, and I'm sure you agree. <laughs> My number five, and actually, okay, we made these lists separately. Um, but So this is probably never going to happen again, and certainly hasn't happened yet. But we have the same number five, which is the collective dolls. So like Chucky, Annabelle, the clown from Poltergeist, all of these cursed or pseudo-cursed objects, we wanted to give a place on our list because it's like, do we put Chucky before Annabelle? Or like, do they deserve to be like, I don't want to fill my list with dolls. Exactly. I mean, because you could really just have a whole top 10 list of like evil dolls. Yeah. And we almost did, but we wanted to widen it out because there's just, there's so many other things. And so, I mean, like each of these dolls has something to offer in their own right as far as like horror movies go. And I'm sure that you've all listened to our previous episode this November where we talked about Annabelle. And um, maybe someday we'll save this conversation a little bit more and do a doll's top 10 because I don't I'm not really quite ready to say who's better, Chucky or Annabelle. In fact, I mean, if they want to make a Chucky versus Annabelle movie, I'd probably pay to see it. Yeah, and we're kind of using the word cursed kind of loosely here a little bit because, I mean, obviously a lot of this has to do with possession. Yeah. Um, but we're just not that geeky to make that distinction. So not yet, anyway. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> we can grow and change as geeks. Wait for my number one. Uh, <laughs> just wait. Uh, I guess I, I'm going to have to move on to my number four. Go ahead. Which is the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, or the Book Ooh. of the Dead from the Evil Dead franchise. And it makes its appearance in pretty much every single Evil Dead movie uh, from the start. And I don't think, I actually think they call it the Necronom- Necronomicon Ex Mortis until, like, uh, Army of Darkness. 
probably. I think they just call it like the Book of the Dead. Yeah, I think that's that's what it is. I mean, because there's no table of contents. They're like, oh, yeah. it's the Necrotomicon. But it's like the <laughs> wizard druids or whatever from like the ancient past or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, the medieval past that he goes back in time to, and they're With like, it's the Necronomicon ex mortis. <laughs> I didn't mean to do us. And they're like, I don't think voice. I've read that. Oh, you mean the Book of the Dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's you know it's scary. It's made of human flesh. They you know they take it more or less seriously depending on the film you watch in this series and of course in army of darkness it actually like bites his, his yeah. fingers and it's like flying around and it's like doing yeah it's pages it's great um, well and that book is what starts the entire process of these movies they have to read from it in order to have things happen and right? i am the proud owner of the dvd special edition with the flesh-like cover of the dvd that used to when you punch its eyeball it would scream at you uh, I know because I have touched it many, many times in his home and just made it scream. It probably doesn't scream anymore because I touched no, it's it too not. much. I need to. Re- I wonder if I could open it up and like replace the watch battery in it or whatever it is. I'm assuming. God, I hope so. Just uh, it'll give me joy for hours and hours. And I hours. know. Uh, my number four um, is going way, way back. Um, it's the monkey's paw. Uh, this started out as a horror short story and has been featured in movies of, of its own. And even the paw itself has shown up like in segments and things like that. Essentially, it's a severed monkey's hand that somebody buys in Morocco that grants wishes. Never seen it. Well, have you read it? No. Never read it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to educate you. So you have like, how many fingers are in a fucking monkey's hand? Like four? I don't know. Five. And... <laughs> Every time you make a wish, the finger like pulls itself down in some hideous motion and you get your wish granted. However, there's a caveat when everyone buys the monkey's paw that your wish is going to have some evil ramifications and things start to get pretty fucked up really fucking quick every time someone makes a wish in the monkey's paw. Wow. Yeah. Resulting in zombies. I've heard of this movie. And I, in 1948, I need to see it. Yeah. My number three is the puzzle box from Hellraiser, otherwise known as the Lament Configuration. And mm-hmm. it takes, yeah, it's in every Hellraiser movie in some shape, way, or form. I mean, even going to its inception, and then they even make like a huge version of it, like a building in one of the sequels. It's really cool. I, I want a prop. I still have not found, like, I want one that kind of opens up. I need to find one. And if I can, I'll put it in the show notes so that everyone can get their copy of the lament, the, the, the lament configuration. And I don't I don't want to stop you in your conversation, but let's put a moratorium on that because I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion we'll be talking about it again. Oh, okay. So uh, what's, uh, what's your number three? My number three are uh, wax statues from the movie Waxwork. I haven't seen it. Oh, my fucking God. Really with this one. Uh, Waxwork is a late 80s movie about, um, well, wax statues. These group of kids stumble upon this waxwork in their town, and they go for a midnight showing. And the owner of the waxwork will invite you in for a closer look. But when you step into the display, you're transported back into the story that waxwork is supposed to be representing, right? And I wouldn't say that these statues themselves are cursed or possessed. However, <clears throat> every installation has with it a collection of horror history that is possessed or cursed that makes the objects come to life. Hmm. So like there's a vampire and it would be like a jewel that's in his cape or there's a werewolf sequence that happens to be like the silver bullet that's in it. And it's that one little cursed object that they need in order to make these things happen. Oh, and if you go into the wax installation and you die, you become part of the thing. Oh, it's yeah. It's a good movie in a sense that 
No, I mean, it's like Wax House. Is that what I saw? Like, like the House of Wax? Hilton? Yeah, House of Wax. Uh, like, well, there's a Vincent Price version of that, and but he's I like, it was gonna be. he's like killing people and then like coating them in wax. This is like actual wax figures that come mm. to life. It's it it's different. Well, my number two is none other than the Ark of the Covenant from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it's not necessarily horror, but that movie does have a lot of horror elements. And that scene where they open up the Ark of the Covenant and it melts everyone's faces <laughs> off, and you see like grotesque <laughs> angels or whatever the hell they are, avenging ghosts, spirits. Uh, is very horror movie. It is. Uh, it is. It's right up there with some of the, one of the the most classic like horror scenes. Even though it's not technically a horror movie, and it's so iconic that I mean the music's working for it. The people's faces melting off is working for it. <laughs> uh, it's just such an iconic scene, like, and the, the look of the the covenant itself. I mean, it's uh, it's just great. And it, it's it, because it's it's uh, it ties into like real world history, right? Yeah. And so it's. Uh, it's a legendary a object. object. Yeah. Yeah. So now, normally, I would I would sit here and say that's not horror related, even though I mean I know that there's some like horror adjacent things, but I'm gonna share a deep dark secret with everybody. I am 39 years old and I have been watching movies almost the entirety of that time. And my good friend Chris just showed me the Raiders of the Lost Ark this year in 2018. <laughs> he had never seen it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so I am going to give you that because that movie was it was pretty scary. So. Yeah. What's your number two? Uh, my number two that you've already talked about is the diary from Cabin in the Woods. Never seen I it. I'm picked- <laughs> 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 it's not May. <laughs> uh, I I mean I wanted to pick something out of that basement because I mean I love this movie very much. Yes, and I mean I think that eventually we're probably going to be having a full episode on this one, so I'm not going to go way too much into it. I'm just going to say that the diary is good. I think that the, the passages they read from it throughout the movie after they discover it are great. And I'm just going to leave you all with uh, husband bulge because <laughs> who doesn't like that? <laughs> Uh, so do you want to start with your number one since my number one's so much better or (laughs) (laughs) Um, only because that we have we've we've already discussed it I'm going to go ahead and just give my number one now because it is Lament Configuration from Hellraiser the puzzle box Uh, This is the the best, the best cursed object in a horror movie, period. It brings out some of the most fantastic, fucked up villains. And the people who seek out this box on purpose are Uh, some of the most fucked up human beings. The Cenobites, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, it's just like, Clive Barker is a nasty man, apparently. And he just makes all this shit that we get to look at. This movie is simultaneously entertaining and very hard to watch for me there's like chains coming out of that box it's pulling flesh off and like all you have to do is just like turn it like some crazy fucked up rubik's cube right yeah and i mean it's just it's just fantastic i mean there there can't be a more cursed object than something that summons demons from hell that's true and it will transport you to hell exactly mm-hmm. my number one are soul jars what <laughs> Soul Jam? The Bugs Bunny movie? <laughs> I think that's Space Jam. Oh. Well, I haven't, haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
soul jars, you know, like all of the horcruxes from um, <laughs> wait, horcruxes, not horcrux. Is it horcruxes? Is it horcruxes? Horcruxes? Horcruxes. Uh, all of the horcruxes <laughs> from the Harry Potter, you know, like all of the the stuff that Voldemort put his soul into, and and we see this again and again. It's it's like goes way back to like Norse legend, where you know, or other myths, where like the only place you can hurt was uh, someone's pinky, or like they put their their soul into. <laughs> you know, the statue or something like that. Okay. But you see it like child's play. He yeah. was one of our dolls, but technically he is a soul jar. He, That's right. You know, he's holding his soul. He yeah. saved himself from being killed by putting his soul into a child's doll. Right. Mm-hmm. We have a lot more like the crow with the crows, Candyman, with the mirror, uh, Black Cauldron, Anastasia, Dragon Slayer, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dragonheart, the heart or whatever of the dragon. So everything. And most famously, the One Ring from Lord of the Rings. Whose soul was in that? Sauron. <laughs> oh, I have seen it, but only the one time, like a normal person. <laughs> anyway, yeah, soul jars. So basically, anytime a villain is basically unkillable or tries to save his own life, his or her. Um, and puts their soul or part of their power or whatever, their essence, into an, an inanimate object or not always an inanimate, like uh, Voldemort with uh, Nagini, the snake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or Harry Potter was basically a horcrux. Mm-hmm. You know what? I do like Harry Potter. I yeah. remember a couple of years ago during the presidential primaries and election season and um, our fabulous ex-governor Rick Perry was running for office and I posted on Facebook and I was like, if I could just find Rick Perry's horcruxes, I know I could destroy him. <laughs> so clearly I knew, I knew what a soul jam was. Clearly. I think it's Santorum <laughs> that has the soul, <laughs> the soul jam. Santorum. We can go on and on about that too. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you one thing, Chris, if it's you're going to put your of Santorum, <laughs> well, I guess that answers my question. I was going to say, if you could put your soul into an object, I guess to be your Horcrux, would it be a jar of Santorum or something <laughs> else? What would you pick? Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, probably do something very, you know, I'd want to put it maybe into like a mountain or something. <laughs> something that's huge. And well, you're not going to lose it. You're not going to drop it into some crevasse or something. <laughs> Where is my soul mountain? <laughs> so if I have a golem or whatever that's going after my, you know, my soul jar, at least it won't be like my precious with a ring. It'll be like crawling around on a mountain. <laughs> I think I want to I want to put my soul into something that's going to do the most damage when I get pissed off. So I, I mean, it had to be some sort of machine, I guess. I'm going to go with the lamp because <laughs> because why fucking not? <laughs> well, I think that brings us to the end of our. Nope. Oh, God. I have a special mission. Okay. (laughs) My special mention is, of course, Buffy the Vampire's Lair. (laughs) Again? Well, we've got the ventriloquist doll, various weapons, statues, boxes, talismans. I mean, they've done it all. There's yeah. so many cursed objects. I mean, all the one-offs and even in the arc episodes, you just cannot, you know, not mention Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think everything in that fucking and show I'm going to make this so. work. <laughs> I'm going to make this work for every time to <laughs> Somehow. You know, okay, well, if you're going to do that, I'm going to do it too. How about that? Uh, Buffy? Uh, I mean, I do like Buffy, but no, I mean, everything that we've talked about in this particular list and past list too, I should have thought about this sooner, but you always caught me by surprise with your special mention <laughs> is, um, I'm going to talk about the Simpsons for a minute. 
And uh, I mean, every time they do a Treehouse of Horror, they they throw some of these things in there. And there's so many cursed objects in that, like the evil Krusty doll or uh, they have a monkey's paw themselves in one episode. So, Mm. I mean, I'm going to fight you Simpsons to Buffy every time. Mm. That's right. Stay tuned for that. Yeah, There was a mummy's hand in Buffy, I think. Was there? Uh, chirp, chirp, so. chirp. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was. Yeah, I think they couldn't let it go of the hand or well, something. Well, there was a mummy that came to life and like was in love with Xander, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Incan girl or whatever. Yeah, little Incan mummy girl. Or yeah, something. I think that was, was the actual title of that show. Yeah, it was a tablet. The cursed object was a tablet that gets broken by the kid. and That's right. Something. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, that was our top 10-ish uh, <laughs> cursed objects. We have a hard time being finite. Let us know um, what your uh, favorite cursed object is from uh, any movie. That's right. Feel free to agree with us. Or disagree. Or that. And... <laughs> <laughs> Share with us on social media what you think about this list. Add to it. Uh, detract from it. Give us some ideas for future top ten lists. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter at The Film Flamers or visit our website at filmflamers.com. If you can't do any of those things, you can always email us. And what's our email address, Chris? It's tiredqueens at filmflamers.com. And I am tired, and I have some more holiday shopping to do, and I have to go find that cursed junkyard. Guys, uh, the top 10 list used to be for Patreon subscribers, but we loved it so much that we're going to share it with you guys every single month. But we still have all this stuff on Patreon. Bonus content like our, our Brightest Flame Awards, our sequel ideas, hot takes, and so much more. We've got hours of bonus content on our Patreon page. So check it out. Patreon.com slash The That's right. And we're always very thankful for all the support. Speaking of thankful, we're actually thankful for a specific podcast that we've been listening to called Gayish. Here's their promo. Hey, do you like sharing memes on the internet to pretend like you're a good person? No, but I like share. What's share? I don't know. You said you like sharing. and uh, Share the singer. Yeah. Well, if I could turn back time, I would have started Gayish sooner. It's the podcast that has talks about gay stereotypes and has wonderful transitions. And our dynamic is just totally natural and in sync. Did we say iTunes and Google Play Store? No. You can hear you can listen to us on iTunes or the Google Play Store or uh, you know those other places. Bye bye bye. <laughs> Gish has a very specific kind of edutainment. Uh, just in the last couple of weeks I've learned way more about like Freddie Mercury, gay taxonomy, prep, history, and a whole lot more. Plus they're half in the bag while they're recording, so that's always fun. Check them out. Hey, they're great. Well, thank you for listening, and until next time, sweet dreams. You're sounding gayer now. (laughs) That's true.